Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is Cats at Night, the number one show at 5 o'clock. And, and uh, you want to find out what's going on in the world? You you turn turn us on and you'll know this is a TriCast on WABC Radio, WLIR, and 970 AM, The Answer. And in the studio, we have a common-sense Democrat, Judge Richard Weinberg, a common-sense Republican, uh, Craig Eaton, 10 years, the GOP chair of of Brooklyn. And on my side, we got Lydia Serrani. And um, a lot of things going on. What a mess Third Avenue is uh, the last few oh days. Oh, my and, God. And, uh, it took me three hours. Uh, the, the president, uh, uh, Biden, is staying, I understand, around the corner. So it uh, ties up the streets real, real well. But you, you, know have, what? you have the diplomats at all these other hotels, so it seems like every street in this 20-block radius is All I could jam. say is, go home! You go know back to San Francisco, you, you know, win. What's interesting is when Biden went by his motorcade, I remember when Trump would go by, everybody would cheer. Nobody cheered. Nobody cheered for Biden. Even in New York, they cheered? Even in New York City, nobody cheered. We have the video to prove it. In fact, you could hear a guy in the background say, we want Trump back. But enough is enough. I mean, I think the people in New York, you see the, the homeless people, you see everyone panhandling out here. Well, the squeegee people are back. Yeah, they are. And, and look what happened uh, today. They announced, what was the breaking news this morning? Uh, Tish I James, mean, the attorney no, general. No, no. How many people moved out of New York? Oh, oh. There's a mass. Escape, escape from New York. Mass migration. Yeah. So escape where, from New York. Well, guys, you're stepping on each other. Get, get with it. The number I read was 42,000. Right. 42,000 people in what period of time? And the, and the last uh, year, listen, yeah. you come to the last show, year. come get the facts. In one in, in one, one year, year alone, forty two thousand. That's so, all. I thought it was a lot more than that. Well, it's been a couple of months. But actually. you replaced the forty two thousand, so no population drop. You you replaced the forty two thousand with whom? With, with, with whom? With forty two thousand migrants. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, you, the forty two thousand were paying big taxes. The forty two thousand migrants, we paid them to come here. Absolutely. Uh, we're supposed to have a great show for today. What do we have? Uh, we have, we're going to talk to Charlie Gasparino about the Fed raising the rates another five, 75 basis, basis points. We're going to talk to Andrew McCarthy. You don't want to miss what he has to say. Of course, he's the former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. We'll also be talking to former chief of staff to Governor Cuomo, now Democratic strategist, Melissa DeRosa, Dr. Peter Mikolos. Oh boy, there is another health crisis going on in the United States. But first on the line, we got Michael Goodwin, Pulitzer Prize winning New York Post columnist. Welcome back to Cats at Night. My pleasure. Thank you, Lydia. Well, the big story today, Letitia James, the Attorney General of New York, says that Donald Trump, she's suing him for $250 million because he defrauded New York. Does anybody know how he defrauded him? Well, Letitia James seems to have made a career out of prosecuting and some would say persecuting Donald Trump. It is extraordinary. She ran. She actually campaigned that this is what she would do as attorney general. And she did it. 
Uh, and she continues to do it, and she's running for re-election. So I guess she's going to just do it until one of them dies. Uh, I mean, it is remarkable that this this desire to get Donald Trump, uh, Andrew Weissman, the uh, the federal prosecutor who was on the Mueller team and was then in the end furious that he thought Mueller was too soft and then he went to the Manhattan – I think he was working on the Manhattan DA's case, and he left there where he was advising. Uh, he compared Trump to Hitler the other day. That uh, you know Hitler tried a coup. That's how he started, by trying a coup. I mean, these people are obsessed with Donald Trump. They, mm-hmm. you, you, you get the feeling like this is, uh, this is more than an ordinary obsession. This is My, not healthy. And, and they also brought down Andrew Cuomo, and later on we're going to have Melissa DeRosa. Uh, DeRosa on, who was Andrew Cuomo's chief of staff. Michael, you know what the, this is Richard Weinberg. You know what the problem from my vantage point is, as a House Democrat is? That they're not fair. They have a double standard that the checklist of things that you would say are, are fascistic or totalitarian. If you look at what the Democratic left wing has been doing to this country, this city and this state, they're checking all those boxes. They're the ones who have censorship, wokeism. They're the ones who are doing persecutions. They're the ones who are weaponizing law enforcement double standard justice in the courts, they're the ones who are doing it. It's not Trump. Everything they've accused Trump of, it's almost like a psychological projection. What say you, Michael? Right. Well, no, I think you make a good point, Richard. And I, and I do believe that, it. to me, all of this has a sense, a feeling of an end of something, right? If, if you can eliminate your opponents, if you can silence them, cancel them, prosecute them, that's the end of something. That. That is the end of democracy. That's the end of you know, traditional liberalism. It's the end of a lot of things that made our country special, that we didn't go down that road. There's always temptations to do it. Uh, when you get power, nobody wants to give it up. Uh, but, you know, the remarkable thing, of course, the, the George Washington example, to voluntarily walk away from power. I mean, people thought, wow, nobody's ever done that. No king has ever done that. No, you know, nobody has ever given up power voluntarily. George Washington did that. And I think that set a tone for this country. And people, you know, I'm still amazed. When I first, as an adult, focused on that, on Washington's example, I thought, that's really quite amazing when you understand the nature of power, the, the, what people will do to get and hold on to power, that somebody would voluntarily give it up, not because he was of ill health or any other reason, just he thought it was good. It was time to pass the baton. And when, when we have this cancel culture, when we have this destroy the opposition, lock them up, silence them, then we are just letting this passion for power run unchecked. And if that, I mean, it, look, our laws are one thing, our traditions are another, but if you lose the spirit of America, if you lose that spirit of voluntarily cooperating, uh, voluntarily realizing that you need contrarian points of view, that you need opposition, that it's in that struggle, that argument for who has the better idea, where you get the best idea. Uh, when you lose that, you lose a whole lot of things. And I'm afraid we're getting awfully close to the tipping point. We are close to that tipping point. I got a question, uh, Michael. Later on, uh, Andrew Cuomo, 
You know, I Tish James is a friend of mine, and I don't agree with everything she does, but she is a friend. But Andrew Cuomo was brought down, and the, the, I've been told, and I want to want your just opinion on it. The uh, it was it, part of it was called upon by the White House. In other words, they didn't want Andrew Cuomo around for the twenty twenty four election. Well, look, I I think that's Andrew Cuomo's version that, I mean, he he spoke to uh, Cindy Adams in the Post. Mm -hmm. And when you look at everything he lays out there, you would think he's as pure as the driven snow. Uh, he, He always omits the fact that the attorney general's investigation done by outside investigators, not by her, not by her office, outside investigators, well-respected people, found confirmation of that he harassed 11 different women. Now, he forgets that, and he acts as though everybody should have supported him and rallied around him. Uh, look, I, I think there are two parts to this story. One is, I believe he was guilty. I believe he was unfit to serve after that guilt was established. And secondly, I think Andrew Cuomo had no friends. He had no friends politically. I don't know about his personal life, but he had no political friends because he played the bully all the time. It was always threaten, demean, diminish. And so I think that it was the former, the guilt— that led to the latter, where everybody said, "Screw him." That's right. We never. He didn't. He <laughs> never right. gave us anything. But for him to think that it's only the second part—that only people turned on him who he thought were his friends—that I think is just more of the same old Andrew Cuomo ego. Well, I think I think during COVID, the way he handled COVID is he would have those almost daily press conferences where everyone had to bow down to him, and and you know I think people got tired of that. And we know what happened with the nursing home crisis and that mandate that he could have overturned. But that, to me, was way more egregious than the sexual harassment. Speaking, Michael Goodwin of Governors, Governor Hochul, there was recently that scandal talking about the mega donor. Just uh, what was it? Four days prior, he held a fundraiser for her and then she gave him a massive no bid contract. Why isn't Tish James investigating that? I mean, to me, she's she's too busy going after Trump. Well, that to me is crazy (laughs) that uh, you have a mega donor. Then she gets this unilateral like omnipotent power to give this well, person this ridiculous. Emer- she yeah. declared the emergency. The emergency allowed her to avoid competitive bidding and make a sole source contract. That's the gimmick. Right. So then we ended up paying as New Yorkers twice as much for COVID tests. Where's the investigation there, Michael Goodwin? Well, um, you know, traditionally, one of the reasons that you had federal prosecutors, not a reason why they existed, but a reason why they would take cases like this is because inherently there's a conflict of interest with the Democratic establishment. And Tish James and Kathy Hochul will be on the ballot together. And so expecting Tish James to now investigate Kathy Hochul would be possibly jeopardizing James's own reelection. So that's where the federal prosecutors are supposed to come in. Unfortunately, we now have what I regard as a corrupt attorney general. I believe Merrick Garland will not investigate a Democrat uh, nearly as fast as he'll investigate a Republican. I mean, I think 
what he has done with the Department of Justice is given a long black eye that will last long beyond his tenure. I mean, the the use of the FBI for these raids on Republicans, and yet the Hunter Biden case goes on for more than four years without a single charge. That's not an investigation. That's you, you think he was promised maybe becoming a try for Supreme Court justice again? You know, I, I, I don't know, John, the, the sort of the, the, the secret uh, messaging that goes on there. But I do know that the New York Times reported in April that Joe Biden was unhappy that Merrick Garland had not prosecuted Donald Trump. And don't you know, since then, since that came out, it's been one case after another. Right? So who fed that to the Times to get it out there? <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And and it was so cute in the Times. It said uh, <laughs> so that the uh, the president has never spoken directly to Gar- to uh, Merrick Garland about it. Of course, he doesn't have to. He told the Times. That's right. And the <laughs> Times will tell Merrick Garland. I mean, that's the way it works. And so then they can both say, we've never discussed this. Right? Plausible <laughs> deniability. But, but you know, Michael, this is Craig Eaton. Never in history have we had a state and a federal government with a concerted effort and a full court press on a former president. I don't think we've ever had this before. No, no. I mean, no form. The home of a former president has never before been the subject of a of a raid. And it's a, a disgrace. It's a disgrace I mean, how all, political it's yeah, become. Yeah. Now, and and it looks almost certain that and I've been predicting this for months that uh, he will be charged criminally with something. I mean, you've got both the Georgia. Uh, prosecutor going after him, a state prosecutor. But you've got you've got the document case, you've got the January sixth case, uh, you've got uh, several other cases that uh, Merrick Garland is looking at that with potential with grand juries, I believe, in at least two of them. So th- there is this desire, and the left, the far left, wants it, and I think. One of the great mysteries of the Biden administration is why he turned his presidency over to the far left. I mean, it, it wasn't why he was elected, but it's how he has governed. And look at what a mess he's made. I mean, it will take you just look at the border. You look at the economy. Uh, you look at the weaknesses around the world. I mean, why is it that Vladimir Putin invaded uh, uh, Ukraine Weakness. Uh, a, Weakness. a year or so after Joe Biden takes yep. office. Yep. Do you think Afghanistan withdrawal had anything to do with that? Of well, course it did. And what about the statement that uh, that Biden made about a minor incursion not being a big deal? Yeah, yeah, it's a green light. Of course. And so, I, look, I, I think Joe Biden is turning out to be quite a disaster. I think Merrick Garland is uh, is on the White House team. I mean, I think he's the enforcer. Um, I, I compared him recently to uh, Tom Tom Hagen in the uh, you know the uh, in, in the the Godfather. I mean that's sort of the role he's playing here. And yeah, look, consigliere. I mean, well, he he was not at all concerned, right, about the leaking of the of the uh, Supreme Court decision. Well, that, but also the reason for the raid on right, Trump. Right, the details. Was not right. concerned. But then several days later, he comes out and issues a directive to the FBI and the Department of Justice employees that they are not to go to Congress as whistleblowers. Now, why would he feel the necessity to do that except that the whistleblowers were going to talk to the Republicans in Congress? 
I mean, that is the most. And then, of course, we have the the teacher, the uh, the parents being domestic terrorists. I mean, all these things are true. These things are all true. Joe Biden was getting money from Hunter Biden. This is true. This is not made up. And yet we, we don't hear. I believe they will not properly investigate Hunter Biden because it inevitably takes you to Joe Biden. There's no escaping it. You go through Hunter's bank accounts and money is going to Joe. Hunter has said it. I mean, Joe, Joe was sending him bills. Joe's accountant was sending Hunter bills for work on Joe's house. So this we've money, become so in essence, we've become a third world banana republic. Yes. Yes. And Joe Biden is, you know, gives one one sentence answers. Oh, there's no conflicts of interest. There are no conflicts of interest. It's much more serious than that. Well, thank you so much, Michael Goodwin. God willing, we'll see some sort of justice prevail and stop with this bipartisanship and the weaponization of our government agencies. This is not what America was built on. So thank you so much, Michael Goodwin. And come back anytime. My pleasure. Thank you. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.